the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former ballot counter for Maricopa County. Question, now that the race is over, now what? What should Christians in the church and in the world put on the front burner? What should we be about? And let me just ask you this. Do you care? We're going to talk about that this hour. You can join the conversation by calling me now at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. So how are you feeling? We have not on our program had the chance to respond actually together uh, about the election. Now, the election is still going on in uh, many races, although you know most of the country has been called. How are you feeling? You can react by giving me a call right now, 888-528-2557. I've got a few thoughts that all that, uh, add to the conversation here. And uh, you know, maybe it's too harsh to say, do you even care? <laughs> you know, that's, that is a kind of a place I have here a week later. That really has a lot to do with voter turnout being probably lower than it's been in a while. It's been going up, right, partly because of the mail ballots. I think when there was Donald Trump literally on the ballot, that drove a lot of people either to vote for him or against him, and that let people vote for other things. Um, right now, where that's headed, it's it's pretty low. Uh, statewide, California, about 33 percent as of today. It will go up as ballots come in through the mail. Uh, San Diego County might get over 50% turnout, uh, but that's still half, right? Didn't bother to vote. Half of, and that's half of registered voters. So this doesn't even count people who are eligible to vote but are not registered. L.A. County uh, right now is at 29, less than 29%. And uh, that'll go up once again as ballots uh, keep coming in, as they're allowed to do in California. If you're griping about uh, Arizona being slow, uh, California is super slow. I mean, we're holding up the show on just about everything else. But um, I guess this is what is on my mind today for for voters, for Christians, when I see such a low turnout, and especially now that no one really has an excuse because they mail you the ballot, right? It's sitting on your kitchen table. It still might be sitting there. Uh, do we do we care about what's going on enough to vote? 888-528-2557. I guess maybe I'm wondering is is does a low turnout just mean we don't care? This, these numbers, by the way, are just as true, maybe, maybe more so for the church. It's interesting to me how churches often talk a lot about the elections and really kind of get into it sometimes. And there's churches on the right and left who do that. But the voter turnout, even for church people, is usually about the same as the, the whole state. And that's probably true, true for your church and for my church. So do do we care? What do we need to do to care? I think care, and I, let me let me back up a little bit here. I don't at all mean to say that elections are the way that Christians 
let people know that they care. In fact, it's not at all. But I do think that, you know, I think that we should be out there with people. We can talk about that. And maybe that is part of the where do we go from here is how do we address issues now that the election is over? The election is one really big thing that, you know, takes the temperature, I think, of where people are at with what they care about, what's the most important. And voters who are getting into it, they're pretty savvy to to different things. I trust voters a lot, people who, who really vote. And I know some people just vote based on D's and R's, but lots of people really take their time. We certainly are seeing that nationally. There, you know, One of the big discussions is split tickets. You know, people who voted for one party for governor and a different party for Senate uh, for various reasons. But so I want you to know when I talk about the elections and do we care, it's not that it's the election where we get things done. It's just one place. And I feel like what it is, is it somehow is the the temperature of how much we care, because it is a simple thing to do to go out and vote. It is something that is not terribly complicated as far as you know, at least expressing our will that the schools do better, expressing what we think about the issue of abortion, expressing what we think about homelessness, expressing what we think ought to be done about some of the worst things that are going on. There's, I don't know if there's too many people who, in either party, wherever you're at, who feel like California is handling the homelessness issue correctly. Our schools are failing. That, from any way of looking at it, our schools are a mess. No matter how you look at it from the left or right, our schools are a mess. Uh, the NEA Teachers Union tweeted out earlier uh, this weekend that this, quote, educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. Now, so people respond, of course, you mean they know better than parents? They know better than anybody else. Now, I think you could get in the weeds here, right? Obviously, there are things that teachers are very good at and skilled at, and they understand, like really good teachers. And we have a lot of really good teachers, a lot of really good teachers who understand how to educate the kids and how to treat some kids in a different way because they need a different type of attention. There's a lot of teachers out there who do a great job, and I always want to make that really clear. I realize there's some who don't do a really good job. But that's not the agenda we're talking about here. I think the agenda of most individual teachers is to educate the kids in their classrooms. But the overall agenda, particularly the teachers unions, is not that because they continue pursuing policies and math, science, reading, graduation expectations, things like that, that lower the bar that they're not educating. And the numbers are horrific as far as our kids being able to actually read. And instead, the teachers unions in particular at all levels we've talked about this on the show, are pushing far left agendas on sexuality and promoting even harmful behaviors, scientifically harmful, by the way, not merely just a moral or religious opinion. And they are driving parents and grandparents out. See, to me, this should drive parents, grandparents and everybody to the poll, because this really is our whole country right here. If we're not educating the kids, then the next generation has no hope. Meaning if they don't know math, science, and English, how are they going to compete against other nations that are pursuing those goals very, very rapidly? You see, I think it matters. But if most of us aren't voting, am I wrong? What do you think about this? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. 
does is this an indicator of a certain set of apathy for us? And in the church, let me ask you this. Do we care? Like, do we, we say we care. We read our Bible and we have church services and we talk a lot about caring, but just can I be, I don't mean to be cynical. I want this to go somewhere positive, but do we really care or do we just say we care? What is then, if, you know, whatever the answer is, how do we care more? Whether you think we don't care at all, really, or do you think we care, but we're just struggling to figure out how to do it practically? What is preventing us from caring? Why is it that we don't even feel like it's important to to vote on stuff? We talked a lot about, I mean, and, and once again, if you just joined us, I'm not talking about the vote meaning being the end all. It's just, it's, it's just to me, it's a, it's a temperature of what people really care about. And part of that temperature is whether or not we're even willing to take our temperature, meaning that are we even willing to vote to get out there? 30%, 30, 29.5% Los Angeles. Los Angeles has this crazy homeless problem, and it's getting worse and worse. By the way, Friday, we're going to be at the uh, Union Rescue Mission. I'm excited to do that. We're going to do the show from there. And this is an organization that by doing this biblically cares. And so many of you have an involvement with them. Obviously, you care. This is a great place to care. And so I don't even want to say that I don't want to point out that or, you know, to be arguing that churches don't care or that Christians don't care. There's a lot of caring we do. Imagine if Christians weren't involved at all in these issues. Well, imagine how much worse the homeless situation would be. Imagine how much worse so many other things would be if the church wasn't here, if the church was, if you weren't involved with your neighbor's life, if you weren't, you know, in your small group at your church counseling a couple away from divorce, if you weren't helping the kids in the youth group at your church, there's so much that the church does and adds to the culture every day. It really, really does. Okay. So I don't want you to feel like that's being left out, but there clearly is a problem in our, in our culture. There clearly is a sense that the the message about the church, the gospel, isn't getting out. Meaning that it's not we're not living it out. Does that make sense to you? So I want to be very careful here. But I think that the church, you know, the interesting thing about the church, and this is why I don't want you to think elections are ultimately the answer at all. The church has been its most effective in world history in places where there are no elections. All right, in places where there are the worst governments, the most oppressive governments. All right, but the church has been the least effective when its voice is silenced by its own choice or when the church is speaking out on issues, but it's inaccurate or partisan or not very clear or not very loving in the way that it approaches things. That's where the church is inaccurate. How, you know, are, um, ineffective. How are we doing? 888-528-2557. How do we care more? When you go through some of the things uh, nationally, I, it's not surprising to me what I'm about to read you, um, but I think that what an election does is it kind of it kind of makes things very clear. Um, abortion amendments around the country. I realize that people have different nuances in each one of these things that are on the ballot. There's different stuff, right? There's there's you know everything is local. Maybe we'll talk about that later. You know, when you're looking across the country, you're in California and you're wondering how those people in that state can vote for that guy or vote for this thing. Sometimes that's because the way that things are presented on national news to us is not the same as it's presented in the local area. Okay, so I I realize those things. But uh, Kentucky constitutional amendment 
an amendment there that would state there is no right to abortion, okay? And then we're talking about Kentucky here, okay? We're talking about, you know, probably Bible Belt, wouldn't you say? Um, and nor any requirement to fund abortion in the state constitution. Uh, it does not pass. It loses 52% to 47%. I realize there are, are nuances there. Um, Vermont constitutional right to reproductive autonomy. So they don't want to say abortion. They're going to say it. They're going to call it reproductive autonomy. That passes 76% to 23%. Okay, Vermont. Um, in Michigan, constitutional right to reproductive freedom um, passes 56 to 43. Um, but keeping in mind, by the way, that in most of these states, we're talking about 50% or less turnout. So it's not necessarily a reflection of what the state actually thinks, but half the state doesn't think enough of it to go out and vote. And that's the part that makes me wonder, particularly about uh, churches. California Prop 1, we talked a lot about that, 67, 66% just about. Um, not a surprise, but you know, a little bit disappointing. And if only 30% of us went out to vote, or maybe it's 40 or 50%, well, that could have gone either way then. And what we're talking about there is whether or not we feel like we want to open up the door to the potential of uh, babies who were born alive and then allowed to die. That's what that was about. And Montana, all right, Montana, born alive infants regulation. All right. Uh, This measure would enact a law making any infant born alive at any gestational age a legal person. Okay, so the child is born alive. The child is born. The child is no longer in the womb. The child is alive. All right? Now, federal law says a child born alive is a legal person. That's the law nationally today. That was passed 20 years ago. Montana wanted to make this part of the state constitution, but what it added was that it would criminalize healthcare providers who do not make every effort to save the life of an infant born during an attempted abortion. Okay, sometimes this happens also after labor or, or cesarean section. Okay, so sometimes somebody in a late-term abortion um, is wanting to do that, but it's not that it's complicated and it is, you know, clearly a baby and sometimes the baby survives. And what they're trying to say is that the baby surviving should have constitutional protections. And if somebody, you know, decides to terminate the child's life, then they should be held criminally liable. That's a highly controversial thing. Okay, I get it because you know doctors are afraid that uh, hey, I did everything I could, but if you think I didn't do everything I could, then maybe I'm going to get, you know, prosecuted. It adds another level. I understand that nuance. But here we're just talking about simply born alive and it lost. It lost in Montana, 53% to 47%. And I look at that and I just go I understand there might be a nuance there. Maybe people were uncomfortable with the idea that doctors or nurses might get prosecuted even though they did their best to keep the child alive. I get that. But why can't we write the law better? Why can't we make take the time to write these things in such a way that it deals with all of that? See what I'm saying? 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. And uh, I'm wondering about uh, any reaction you have to the election, what's going on. We haven't had a chance to talk about it together. Uh, Jennifer in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Um, You know, to to answer uh, your question, I wanted to say that um, one thing that I'm hearing about from my specific church, my pastor does a really good job kind of 
especially before the elections, kind of covering how important it is, you know, to vote. I have friends in the church that have tuned out, and they're like, I come to church for the word, not for a political lesson. And to, to let you know, a very good friend of mine from church admitted over the weekend that her and her husband did not vote. And I said, why? Because they're, they always vote. And she says, what difference does it make? You know, California's going to remain the same. And, you know, I, I'm done. And, you know, these are people that are older. They've always voted. And they're just, they're over voting. So I think it's like a twofold type of situation. Well, I have, I, I, I remember calling you about how I have a lot of people from both sides, coworkers and friends that just stood away from this election and decided not to vote. And makes me very sad. Do you think that um, church people feel like politics has become such a much bigger part of church that it turns them off even issues that they ought to be thinking about? I do, because my specific church, like we, he's, the pastor has had Mike Pompeo come and speak and generals come and speak, and I find it fascinating. I go to all of the events that they have, but I have noticed that the people that I would always see go and some of my friends are slowly and surely not participating or they're watching online as opposed to driving to church because they, he, my pastor does a good job, I feel, of kind of explaining how it is important to, you know, uh, be active politically. And, and he says, you know, God calls us to, to do that as well. The people, the many people I know yeah. aren't into, they're just tired of it. They just want the word. They don't want to hear about it. That's what I'm noticing. Do you feel like, let me ask you this question too, because I, I think you're definitely right kind of where we're, what you're describing is where a lot of believers are. And, and really what I'm getting at though is, does it take us out of even caring for people outside of the vote? Um, meaning that you're you're talking about your church bringing in a Mike Pompeo. Okay, so your church is yeah. is kind of partisan then, right? So they're not just dealing with, hey, here's the issues. We're going to bring in someone from one party or the other. Uh, and there's churches on right. both sides that do that. Okay. Um, do you feel like that the partisanship goes too far and that's what is driving maybe people away or to stay home? I think so, because I remember when um, Governor Newsom was um, uh, they recalled, they were being recalled. Yeah. My church brought in Larry Elder multiple times. I'm going to be very honest with you on my end. I went to one of the meetings with Larry Elder, and I said, I can't go back and keep watching, you know, participating in this, because it became a little too much. So I have to be honest there. With, with that, it became, I wanted, gov- I wanted Newsom recalled myself. Okay. But the, they were pushing too much of it, and it was, it, it, there was not a church service anymore. It was more like I was going to a rally. So I do appreciate a lot of what my pastor does, but I do think at times it could go a, a little bit too far. Because outside of church, then they, they, there were these people who were selling, you know, Larry Elder shirts and stuff like that. And, I, and, and me and my family were like, wow, this, this is a little much. Okay. And I don't want to be disrespectful. Right. I just want to be honest. Uh, Jennifer, I appreciate your call very much. Um, 888-528-2557 if you want to respond to what Jennifer was talking about. Thank you for your call and for listening. I think that the church is at a reckoning place for how do we deal with with issues that are for real. So how do we deal with with 
the abortion issue, how do we deal with, you know, one of the things that we've done on this show is we've dealt with things that are kind of nonpartisan in the sense of what's happening with schools. And I believe they're nonpartisan. I think, in fact, a lot of things, even when it comes to abortion, if you just talk about it correctly, most people don't think we should be having late-term abortions. Um, That's what the polls say. As many as 85 percent in the most recent California poll, people would be accused or uh, opposed to um, late-term abortions in California. That's not left or right. That's not Democrat or Republican. That's most people agreeing at that level. Now, that same poll would say that first trimester abortions, most Californians, including Republicans, agree that abortion should be legal. That's where California is. I feel like on a nonpartisan way, we ought to have this conversation. But I think as Christians, there's something more. And so maybe another good question for you is if we get too in the weeds in partisanship, and it happens on in the left, there are people who've had um, Democratic speakers in their in their churches. We see a lot of that in some other states, particularly southern states. You see a lot more politicians. It's kind of funny where the uh, the separation of church and state. Uh, sometimes the walls go up. Sometimes they come way down. Um, you know, and whatever people imagine that to be. Where is the church with us? And how do we get back to the gospel? How do we talk about the issues that are at the city gates, the issues that are in front of us, the issues that matter a lot? And I'm talking about abortion. Yes. And there's a lot to that, right? There's, you know, there's no election right now. The election is over. And is, here's a question for you. Is the only time we care about abortion or schools or um, homelessness every two years when there's an election? Are we going to just check out and then invite candidates and hope the vote goes our way? My view is there's an awful lot that the church ought to be doing regardless of who wins or loses the elections. That actually does impact people's lives on all of those issues. What do you think? What do we do to care that doesn't turn us into being partisans one way or the other that becomes a distraction for the gospel? What do you think? 888-528-2557. You can call now, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'll be back with your calls and uh, talking about a way that uh, I think we can care when we return as the Monday edition of Southern California Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. We are getting your reaction to the election. We haven't had a chance to do that. We did some other things last week, by the way. Thank you for uh, helping us out and uh, providing clean water for people in India. We spent a couple days doing that last week. And also thanking our veterans on Friday. It was important to do that. You know, and now you've had almost a week after the election. How are you reacting to what is going on? And really what I'm thinking about is a very low turnout, which to me is disappointing because I think it says that we don't care. And you can uh, call and tell me what you think if you think that's true. 888-528-2557. I mean, I think it just means that we're pretty apathetic. Um, I want to make sure that we understand that I'm not saying that elections are ultimately uh, where things are at, particularly for the church, okay? The church historically and even in today's world is actually more effective for the gospel in countries where they don't have elections, in countries where the church is oppressed. Um, So, you know, that's not, you know, the election is not the only place at all where a Christian, you know, puts their... uh, 
their voice out there for people who are hurting and other stuff. And, and that being said, I think it's important that we realize that we should be asking, what now? That, you know, things get revved up and it's politics and you have a chance to uh, maybe change the direction of abortion in the state or change how we deal with homeless people or change how we are doing in our schools. I think the schools is a tra- travesty, the education system, the the pressure that uh, the NEA and other groups are putting on and unions are putting on schools to push a sexual agenda that harms kids. And we know that. Um, where is the church? What should we do? 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Scott? Ted, City of the Angels. Yeah, go ahead, Ted. How you doing today? Good, good. I, I just, you know, I, I think it's really sad when people say, oh, it's so political and it's just so inconvenient or maybe unspiritual. As far as why it's people don't like- vote. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Jesus is on the cross and people go, does anybody think he's innocent? And people are too scared to speak up for him. It's just sad. You know, it's like if your child was about to be killed, would you speak up? And to say that, you know, I just think it's unchristian to not speak up on especially something so sensitive like life. You know, yeah. a, a child, a child that's born alive. So, I mean, Ted, let me ask you this. The the election is over. So what now? What does the church do now to speak into issues of society and protect those who are oppressed, protect those who are hurting, without just becoming partisan one way or the other? And churches can go too far uh, on that for sure. What do we do now? Well, many will be called, few will follow, and only 52 percent followed. So the good news is, is what's that mean? We got 48 percent that or 47 or 48 that at least half of our country has a heart. I mean, half know? the country that's, voted. That's the voting statistic you're thinking about half. Um, well, I'm thinking, well, you know, I mean, we're born with both, aren't we? Yeah. Well, you know, what do we do now, though? So how do we move why do we move forward? I mean, I think we continually uh, build on what we, you know, basically when I, when I played sports, you had film day and you went back over everything and you, you look where you went wrong. All right. Where you went. All right, Ted. I think that's uh, certainly a great idea, actually. And that's kind of what we're doing. Thanks for calling Ted. You know, where does the church go wrong on, you know, when we deal with political issues or just issues in the public sphere, right? Uh, Last segment a caller was talking about how her church got very political and partisan on some things you know i think when we're talking about abortion or life or homelessness or those kinds of things i can understand it there's another church i know of really big church where they started inviting in people who to speak who aren't even christians and the pastor would come out making you know a disclaimer hey this person who's given the sermon today is uh not a believer but uh, believes what i think is the right thing you know on uh taxation and uh, it was just so far away from uh, lots of people left that church that Sunday because they thought we've gone way beyond um, really dealing with sort of the moral issues. Now we're talking about, you know, an issue that maybe people feel strongly about politically, uh, but not one really that is necessarily, you know, scriptural. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. Kathy and Torrance, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, this is Kathy. Um, Yeah, go ahead, Kathy. uh, Yeah, one thing that I think um, is happening, too, is that people either don't take the time or have the time to really research the measures and the candidates and the judges and everything on the ballot. 
so what what I did at my church is I um, I volunteered to um, to have a table with voter guides, like voter guides that don't necessarily say who to vote for, but they tell you where the candidates stand on the issue. Do they mm-hmm. do they support abortion? Do they support same sex marriage? That type of thing. So you make your decision based upon where they stand on the issues. But unfortunately, even though our church used to do things like that, um, they uh, did not approve for me to do that, um, even though I volunteered to do it. And I think like our particular church, which I won't say the name, but um, it used to have like tables like that during election time, um, just like just even outside the foyer or something like that, where they would have information that would help you to be knowledgeable about how to vote Mm -hmm. so it wasn't so difficult. Um, And they also would once in a while have a speaker during election time that just took up like, I don't know, five or ten minutes at the most. But but they've kind of gone away from that with the new pastor. And yeah. um, Can I ask I you this, Kathy? It, do, do you feel like the church might feel that those things are hindering people's reach to people who aren't believers yet by suggesting that you have to vote a certain way in order to follow Jesus? It's not what you're saying, um, but that might no, be how I, people receive it. It may be how people receive it, but the thing is, is that you can still preach Jesus and preach the Bible and also encourage people to vote and to help them to know how to vote. You know, you know, it's not saying go out and vote for this person. It's saying this person, you know, supports abortion. This person doesn't support abortion. Who do you want to vote for? All right, Kathy, thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Let's go to Kathleen in Westlake. Kathleen, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Kathleen. How are you? Well, I'm fine, but you know what? I'm I am frustrated yeah. by what I see. Um, first of all, I want to give credit to I'm reading an author who's a pastor, and I his last name is Lester. The book is called No Reason to Hide, and he's talking about how Christians are to be engaged because politics morality on some of these issues and who better to speak into morality than Christians mm-hmm. so, but my second point which is his also is a great point from him in my opinion is that are we more concerned about what heaven thinks of us or about what people think of us because I really believe that the church unfortunately has Culture has, is infiltrating the church rather than our church, our beliefs and our faith infiltrating the culture. And we're not calling sin, sin anymore. We're determining as little humans who are on our own little thrones what is right and what is wrong, where God has already determined that, and that is in his word. Do you feel so like when, when churches... Have- when churches are talking about cultural issues, do you feel like we're too partisan or are we really trying to get at what Jesus thinks about things? Like you, you mentioned, know, I, think I don't think what, we're doing a good job yeah. at, at communicating morally, like it's not landing in the way it used to, right? No. 
No, I mean, we're more concerned about what a neighbor thinks or what the culture says on TV or social media than what the Word of God says. We need to know the Word of God. And if God calls something a sin, (laughs) then that is actually a sin. And we don't get to determine we are not God. And even as Christians, it's sad because I feel like we're putting ourselves on the throne of self rather than letting God be God and just knowing his word and following his word. We are to be the light in the world. All right, Kathleen. We are to be Kathleen, the thank you. Thank light. you very much for your call. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, as we talk about this, we got to know the word of God. And are we not doing a good job at communicating what the word of God says? I mean, are we not doing it in a, a loving way or in a, a reasonable way so that people understand? Um, I have that question. 888-528-2557. Jeff in Long Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm a uh, high school um, public uh, uh, teacher. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think we've got two problems. One problem is the church has kind of checked out of standing up for their rights. Um, and I can say that because uh, we've got 200,000 people that are being homeschooled, another 800,000 in public school or in private schools. And if those 900,000 people were to come back to the public schools along with their parents and get involved, you know, that's 10% of the state's population. That would make a huge difference. What and you... I'm just kind of like uh, out on an island because um, so many Christians have left the public school system and haven't fought for their children's rights enough, in my opinion. Have you, uh, and you're a Christian public school teacher, and appreciate you, you calling. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, what is it like? How is it changing? Like for you in the classroom as a, as a Christian, what kinds of pressures are you feeling as far as um, some of the things that are going on? Well, to be honest, the, the state can pass whatever they want, but teachers will still teach what they feel is right. Mm. And I've been a teacher for 33 years, and I've been a very proactive, extroverted Christian at my public school for all of those years. And there hasn't really been – I don't see many people teaching the state's curriculum when it comes to some of this more liberal stuff. <laughs> right. And, so they, they skip it a lot when they can. Oh, oh, they sure do. It doesn't matter if you're talking about evolution and science or if you're talking about, you know, abstinence. Most teachers want to cover our teaching because they're passionate about their subject areas, and so they continue to teach that. Um, but it would, be, it would just be a lot easier if I had more students that were coming from Christian households that would stand up for their students. And I'm saying that because the school that I'm at right now is scheduled to have a Planned Parenthood opened up on the campus on the campus itself. Oh, yeah, and I'm very against it. And I have approached at least 20 churches in the area where it's going to take place and try to get their involvement. You know, here's emails for the Board of Education. Can you sign this online petition, et cetera? Yeah. And most of them just aren't interested in it. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, can very- I got to I gotta take a break. I know you've been on hold for a while. Can you hold through the break and come back? Oh, sure. All right, Jeff, uh, I'm going to put you on hold, and I appreciate you calling. You're listening to Southern California Live, and we're talking about reactions from the election, but also talking about moving forward and really asking the question, you know, what now? Do churches spend too much time on partisan politics, and then they check out for the next two years, you know, until there's the next election? How do we get involved? I think Jeff had some ideas for us for how we actually 
keep going and not make things just about elections or politics. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, we are doing an election react. We haven't had a chance to do uh, since the election. And I've asked the question about, do we care? Meaning that we started out with a really low, we had a really low election turnout, including for the church. And how do we move on and say, meaning that we don't make everything about the election, but how do we care about people who are in need? On the line is Jeff. He is a public school teacher, and he's talking about uh, how many people, many Christians and other people have left the public schools for homeschooling and for private schools, about a million people, I think he said, in California. And uh, at his school, they're putting in a Planned Parenthood on the campus. Is that right, Jeff? Um, yeah, it won't be one where they perform procedures, but it will be one where they can advise you to use contraceptives, and then when those contraceptives don't work, they can advise you to terminate the pregnancy. Right. It'll be, mo- it'll be uh, about moving people that direction, obviously. Yes, and, and obviously this is done without parent consent. It's also done without teacher consent. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can you know, just roll over. We can prevent it from happening. The hard part is to get people to stand up and really, you know, protect these children. And Jeff, that's one of the areas that I'm really getting at here is that it's not just the, you know, election day. What I'm concerned about is that we got a lot of traction. I think it's growing as far as people, not just Christians, but every parent being more concerned about what's happening in the schools, someplace showing up to school boards and stuff. But that shouldn't end just because the election's over. Oh, I completely agree. We have parents at every school board meeting to hold them accountable year long. Yeah, and can parents go? You mentioned that it's it's frustrating as a public school teacher, as a Christian, the number of Christians who have taken their kids out. Um, and I'm one of those parents. Okay, full disclosure. Um, but I am I am working hard to get involved anyway because my kids' friends are still there, and uh, many people that I know and love, their kids are there and getting terrible teaching. Is that a good approach for somebody who has left? Um, a, a good, oh, absolutely. Our school board meetings, um, they have half an hour devoted every meeting, and they meet every month for publics to come up and uh, make a comment on any item they want, and they have three minutes to state their case. Hmm. And so when, when 30 parents show up and they echo the same concern, a lot of times certain programs or curriculums or funding avenues will be shut down because the board realizes that the parents are behind it. I think that's something that is good to hear because I think that a lot of the attention that some school boards are getting that are, you know, on the national news and some we've had on our show, the school boards kind of ignore the parents. But in your case, uh, the school board is responsive, at least on some things. Um, they're, they're a little bit more transparent as far as allowing voices, but that doesn't always lead to change. But you have to make sure you differentiate, you know, the, the school board, follows the recommendation of the executive council and the executive staff is very often, you know, untruthful mm. in what they present to the school board. Yeah. They don't present a picture. They just want to get through the programs they want. So if you have a, for lack of a better word, an extreme liberal on the, on the executive staff, they can push through things under the assumption that the school board is not going to really dig into it and do their homework. 
right? And I think that's a big deal, uh, Jeff. So I would I would encourage parents to this is an area where as Christians and I don't think and this is not partisan. I think most parents agree <laughs> with a lot of things on when it comes to the teaching of their kids. They need to go even if you're homeschooling or you've taken your kids out. The public school is inevitable. It's going to be there uh, no matter what. And it needs to get better. Jeff, I appreciate what you're doing as a teacher, and I want to encourage you to hang in there. Oh, I will. God bless you, man. Have a good one. Hey, Jeff, have you heard of, uh, are you part of a Christian uh, organization with teachers? you have some connection with that, some help? Um, not with teachers, but I have a very strong uh, community group from the church that I, believe, uh, that I belong to. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Hey, Jeff, check out uh, christianeducators.org. They're local here in California. Great support uh, network for Christian educators, christianeducators.org. All right. Take care, man. All right, Jeff. All right, 888-528-2557. Jesse and Torrance, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, how you doing? I'm good, Jesse. How are you? Good, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy your, your show. I, I always listen to it. I listened to the other guy before I was on there because I listened to the Christian channel. Oh, uh, well, thank well, you. I, I do Uber. Yeah, I do Uber Eats. I really enjoy it because, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about both sides of the aisle, you know, and I really appreciate that. Because, uh, like, you guys are talking about this abortion thing now, and uh, I don't know what it is about this abortion thing. Like, a lot of politicians use Christianity, you know, because Jesus, you know, he said throw the first stone. So we can't be judging all these women for what they're doing with their bodies and stuff like that. And it's just, it's like crazy that all these politicians can't get it right. They're supposed to be the top of our people. What do you mean you know, that the, uh, what, what are the politicians getting wrong right. on that? Well, they they can't they can't figure it out after all these years. They're, they're supposed to be like the top of our people, and I feel like the politicians use Christianity to make their points and stuff for their political. You mean you know, points just to get the voters? You mean Christian politicians right. use Christianity to uh, make their point? Well, I'm sure that a lot of them, you know, they they talk about like Democrats are baby killers. Like that's crazy to say that. That's not. I mean, it's unfortunate that we we do have a voting system and people get to vote who they want in and out. And that's a good thing because other countries, you know, other countries kill gays. They kill ladies with, you know, they walk around with their, their hair showing. So, I, you right. know, this is a great country. So so you, you know, feel like country. Uh, and, politicians right? should speak better on these issues? I think they should figure it out. We have the, these are the top people of our countries and they can't figure it out. And then I'm not just saying that because it's, uh, uh, oh, they're, Christ, they're Christians that are, are politicians, but I'm sure like on, on both sides, they're, they're Christians and Catholics. You know, they should be able to figure it out. You know what I mean? By okay. now, how many years has this been an issue? You know? Yeah. All right, Jesse, appreciate your call. Thanks for calling and listening to Southern California Live. You know, um, one of the things I think, that, and Jesse might have been alluding to this a little bit, is sometimes as Christians, when we get into the public square, we'll use a Christian argument for something rather than a societal argument. And, you know, for our own, I, I think our own place with the Lord, we need to be asking ourselves, what does Jesus care about? What is Jesus's real opinion about this? You know, my conviction is that Jesus does care about the unborn. I I think that Jesus actually is concerned about the taking of the life of the unborn child. I think he's also concerned about 
moms who are in crisis pregnancies. I mean, it all comes back to, by the way, the the uh, sexual ethic of the scripture, which says uh, don't don't have sexual relations if you're not married. And uh, if we actually did what God said is that we, we wouldn't be having these conversations. There would be a very rare instance where somebody might even want uh, an abortion. It would happen, um, but very rarely, right? So we have to be to realize that the way Jesus says, the way the Word of God tells us to live our life, the sexual ethic that's in the Bible, Old and New Testament, upheld by Jesus, the whole thing, not just bits and parts, would actually make things better. And then when we communicate this in the culture, we should have confidence that what we're saying is true and the statistics should bear it out. Does that make sense to you? So if you know, if what we're arguing is that, hey, this this teaching about sex in the schools is going to cause harm. I might have a Christian point of view for why it is, because my Christian point of view is that sex is for a man and a woman who are married. Um, and I got that. I, that's my point of view. That's where I'm coming from. But I'm also coming from a point that says that God did not give us these instructions because he's a meanie, because he doesn't want us to enjoy life because he wants us to have some arbitrary religious rules. He gave us these rules because in this fallen world, this is how you live a better life. It's how you have a better marriage. It's how you have better relationships. It's how you not you don't get yourself into this kind of problem. There's a lot that can be said about that. And I think as, as Christian leaders, there's a lot more to have about this conversation. We'll have it in a different way in the next hour. I do believe that Christians need to have a voice in the culture that isn't just expressed in a vote, but that is expressed in a way that we love our neighbor, is expressed in a way that we are concerned for, for people in how, what is really going on. There's nobody listening to this, nobody listening, who doesn't know somebody personally or they themselves personally who hasn't, has been hurt by, who hasn't been hurt by something in the sexual area, emotionally or physically, psychologically. We all do. We all know that that what's happening in uh, with our kids, particularly in this area, is tragic, and it's not getting better. And we know if you're a Christian, you believe. I believe that you believe that it is because we're fall, we're going away from God's plan. But I think that's going to play out in what is reality in the world. We're going to take a break in a minute, and uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit different way in the next hours. So you can give a call eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. But let me say this to you. We need to care, and we need to care about the people that we have relationships with. Philippians tells us that in our relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, all right, where we, we consider them before we consider us. If we have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort in his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit— then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. It's key right there, and i got to take a break. We'll be back with Hour 2 of Southern California Live as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.